Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, John Schwab here from Curtain Call, and welcome to episode 146 of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, the podcast that brings you backstage as close as you possibly can be to meet the people that make theater happen. Just a quick reminder that you can download and subscribe to the podcast from the Apple Podcast app or from iTunes. That way your feed will be automatically updated when we release episodes. But you can also listen to us on many other streaming services such as Stitcher and Google Play and iHeartRadio and stuff like that. Please rate and review our podcast if you have a spare 30 seconds when you are there and help us reach more theater lovers out around the globe. We thank you in advance. And now for this week's episode. Matt and I were away for a couple of weeks there in February. That's why you haven't kind of heard from us. We were attending the Broadway Tech Accelerator, which you will no doubt hear about uh, from us in the very near future. So um, it left me to deputize longtime Curtain Call collaborator Theo Bosenquet to bring you this week's episode. And what an episode it is. Theo sat down with the one and only Olivier Award winner, Janie D, to discuss her plans for appearing on a much bigger stage. Well, she is set to star in the London transfer of Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike by Christopher Durang. But while appearing there, D is to co-produce the inaugural London Climate Change Festival. And that is all happening at the Charing Cross Theatre between uh, mid-March and mid-May. Now, during the day, the venue will play host to workshops for school groups and uh, their post-show talks and cabaret with guest appearances from your favorite theater and TV folk like Giles Terrera, Rob Bryden, and many, many others. And as an added bonus, at the end of this episode, Janie D. recites one of her favorite speeches from A Midsummer Night's Dream, which she finds just as pertinent today as it was 400 years ago. Have a listen to Theo and Janie. classic uh, argument against something like the Climate Change Festival would be, oh, here we've got a load of woke, you uh, know, yeah. London liberals staging a theatre festival about an issue on which they're all hypocrites and, you know, its impact will be minimal. Isn't this just a sort of, um, uh, isn't it kind of virtue signalling? Can you hear it's me? It's on. Yeah, yeah. Titania. 
in Midsummer Night's Dream has a wonderful, wonderful speech, which I'll do at the end of this podcast, if you like. But it basically is a prophecy of what will happen because of the way we, humans, behave. It was written 400, over 400 years ago, and I used to speak it when I was travelling around Asia, uh, Russia, China, with the globe, doing their wonderful production of Midsummer Night's Dream. And every time I spoke these words, it made more and more sense to me that, as she says at the end, we are their parents and original, all these awful things that will happen will be because of us, because we're not looking after each other. So I started to think about that and wonder how to make it better, because clearly we've known for a while that the, the earth is warming up, and only recently, I would say, have we all started to really care and try and do things about it, but still we're not doing enough, and I'm not doing enough. I'm partly wanting this to happen because I need help in focusing on this problem. It's a problem that we won't have to look after, our children will, and that makes me feel A, very guilty and sad, and B, like, well, I've still got time to do something, so let's do, what should we do? Okay, let's get some people together. I'll ask the guy who's producing the play, Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike, Stephen Levy, thank you so much for producing this lovely, brilliant, funny, Tony Award-winning, wacky American play. Could we do the Climate Change Festival around it? Yes, he says. Great, oh my God. Um, could you take all the plastic out of the bar? Yes he says. <laughs> Would you mind making sure that there's water for people to just literally drink from a glass or from their recycling cup or whatever? Yes. So that was a very good start. And since then, everything I've asked him for, or we've asked him for, has been eventually, yes. And what we're asking for overall is all the time that you don't use when you're in a theatre, from morning until, say, six o'clock, that we use it to bring people together to work out how we're gonna, how can, how can we all get together and make a difference or, or individually make a difference. Um, and I've done a lot of talking to people and reading their scientific papers in the last six months. Papers that I never would have read, I guess, had I not started this climate change festival. And the sad thing is that even though we are aware that there's still loads of plastic being chucked in the sea and choking animals and all that, we, we've seen that, but maybe not all of us have acted on that. I, I certainly find it very difficult to completely eliminate plastic from my life. But if we do our bit, it will be necessary then for things to change and by not you know in my lifetime there's been two things that really stuck in my memory as being really effective and that was the anti-apartheid movement back in the day uh, we all stopped buying things from South Africa and it really helped that situation I guess we're still we're, we're always going to struggle with it. it you know it's unfortunately part of the human makeup to want to be prejudiced about something but um, that particular problem by not buying things from South Africa really 
moved on and, and changed, things got a lot better. And the other thing was Clinton bringing Sinn Féin, Ian Paisley, IRA, all those people to the table. And almost overnight, the violence stopped, the bomb stopped. So I think, okay, so if we encourage each other not to buy things that are plastic, try not to fly, try not to drive as much, try and use electricity wherever possible, because the more we use electricity, the more renewable electricity will be used eventually. It's a big problem. You know, today I look out the window and I see a very nice day and I feel, are we exaggerating this problem? And then I remember what I've read. What I've read is, despite the fact that people are now more aware, the earth is warming. It's warming at a rate that will not, we, we will not achieve the 1.5 if we don't change things now. And that's what Greta was saying the other day, you know, why are you talking about 2050? We need to do it now. And the reason she's saying that, and David Attenborough is saying that, and now this festival is saying that, is because we've read these things that are written by people who have really looked at all the factors. For, for me, there's, there's always um, a slight frustration, I suppose, and a sense of um, uh, almost... Um, uh, uh, sort of uselessness that when I am attempting to recycle uh, cleanly and you know sort all my packaging out carefully and reduce the amount of plastic I'm buying, then you read about you know what's happening at a governmental level, um, not necessarily just in this country, but you know you read about attitudes in the White House or attitudes uh, in China where they're you know in the process of constructing something like 50 new airports as we speak, you sort of think, well, this really, mm. this really is so such a minor thing to be doing in the face of this sort of hurricane of um, uh, pollution that, I don't know, it can, it, you can feel a bit... Um, well, the point is this. You can feel a bit hopeless. It can it, all feel a bit hopeless. It can feel hopeless, but we mustn't. And we must remember that individuals make a difference yeah they really do mm. every single person is important and unique every single person can if they really focus make a huge difference not just in you know putting your recycling in the recycling bin and but the way you shop the way you start to live your life thinking well all I can say is now I've read all this stuff I don't let the tap run as much and I don't because I'm thinking of later mm. I'm thinking of the, the, you know, the very close future, the very near future. What do we do about China? I think, I really think in this life, the more you point fingers at other people, the less you're going to get done, to yeah. be honest. I mean, it starts here. And I, I go back to Titania's speech, we are their parents and original. Mm. I'm a mother. I haven't done enough for my kids. I just haven't. I haven't thought forward enough. Mm. And here's a chance to do as much as I can before there's no time left for me. Mm. I don't know how long we've got, to be honest. I, I'm not sure. I don't think we've got till 2050. Personally, reading what I've read, I just don't. So, you know, we could all do something, couldn't we? Each yeah. one of us. And I think worrying about China is not going to help anybody mm. because they will pick up a pace. I'm sure 
there are people living here who are connected to China. You know, they will be part of this festival. I've got certain people coming who will bring others with them. And, you know, the news will spread back. The world's a smaller place than it used to be. And I think one has to live in hope. And that's one of the things we, we said sitting around this table, you know, four months ago, what, why are we doing this? What's the real reason to do this? And we decided our little catchphrase, just when we've, we've lost, why, why are we doing it? It's all hopeless, forget it, there's no point. We'll remember, we want to bring information, inspiration and hope. Why do you think theatre has been a little bit behind the curve on this one? Because it feels to me like um, uh, several other areas of... Um, you know, the arts have have maybe addressed this a little bit sooner than than the theatre sector well, possibly. That may be unfair. No, um, no. But this is the first climate change festival in a theatre, and yeah. it's twenty twenty. You know, yeah. why, why is it why is it taken that long? I don't know. Don't don't really know. It's strange because most issues are talked about bang on time in theatre. I always feel rather proud to be part of this society of theatre that, that, you know, talks about things. Um, seven years ago, the play Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike, a really funny, wacky American comedy, kind of thing that we get used to seeing on the telly, you know, that kind of lovely American humour that we adore. And Christopher Durang must have written it eight years ago. And in the second act, without giving too much away, you know, I was surprised by what he does with the play, okay? That's all I'm going to say, because I don't want to give uh, away too much. But You're playing Masha, which is... I'm playing Masha, and uh, she she was originally played by Sigourney Weaver, so I'm channeling that idea, as I do it, of a very famous movie star (laughs) who comes home to her um, Bucks County home where her brother and sister are sitting and living ignored by the rest of the world, and they're okay, they're okay. They, they, they've got a lot to teach her, and she, she doesn't realise that. And uh, the, the younger ones have a lot to teach all of them, and they, none of them realise that either. So it's always good to listen to the young voices. That's why Greta Thunberg is so great. She's so on it. She's so brave. And it's not easy to be her in this media age where people can say what they like about you. I'm but, more surprised by how much people, uh, usually on the, on the right wing politically, but they will really go for her. Because I, I just, she... I just find it odd. Because yeah. they're scared. Because they're scared, I, I, I guess They're she, scared of the young voice yeah. having so much power. Luckily, we do live in what we call a democracy, so we are allowed to say things that we like, and we should encourage that. Even if we don't like what somebody says, they have to be able to say it. Otherwise, we've lost lost sanity. We go back to that awful thing where people are scared to say what they they feel. can I tell you a little bit about the festival? Yes, let's 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 get on to the specifics of it because that would be really good to hear. Yeah. yeah. So we've divided, as I say, the time we have in the theatre that isn't for the play Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike, which is really the reason I'm there. Yeah. Thank you very much, Stephen Levy, Charing Cross Theatre. Um, we start with sunrise 
session in the morning at 10 until 2.30 with school children. That was our first, my first thought was to make sure that children have the mornings. We haven't placed anything for the Easter holidays yet, but I'm going to ask the World Wildlife Fund if they will come and do something for kids in the mornings. See if they say yes. Um, at the moment, Wild Geese Theatre Company are spending the mornings with the kids, and I'll talk about that afterwards. Then we have the lunar afternoons, which are films um, that young and upcoming filmmakers are making about the planet. Uh, we've got about three afternoons like that. We've got several afternoons, lunar afternoons, which are new plays, and we might put a little bit of cabaret in there as well. Uh, then we have horizon discussions at five o'clock. That's almost completely booked now. Every single day at five o'clock, somebody will come. We've got Natalie Fee, who started City to Sea. She's going to talk about her experience of finding plastic on the beaches and what it in inspired her to do with her life. And she's built this amazing company called City to Sea, and they clean up the sea. And they, they go to people who make plastic and say, could you do this particular item in a different material, do you think? And some people have said, yeah, we can, we'll change. Then after the discussions, we have the warm-up, which is one of our great comedians will come in, put a microphone on and go behind the bar and serve drinks for 15 minutes and chat. That's my favourite bit of the festival. And um, you've got some big names coming in to do that. Yeah, yeah, great yeah. people. Um, I, I actually, the, the most exciting thing after the play, Vanya Sorry and Mushroom Spike, which happens at 7.30, is 10 o'clock on Mondays and Tuesdays we have Cabaret. And we have Celia Emery, Rob Bryden, um, Steve First, Alistair McGowan, uh, Angus Barr, Natalie Fee, Samadu, who's this wonderful Indian jazz singer. Oh my God, she's amazing. And Guy Barker, who does all the big yeah, Christmas, big band. you know, big band stuff. He's coming with his trio, Giacomo Smith and Charlie Woods, and they're going to be amazing. I know they are. Um, Joe Stilgo. Oh God, uh, I don't want to miss anyone out. Um, anyway, you look on the website, there's, there's fabulous people coming to do cabaret. Like a lot of theatre people, there's so much more mm. to all of us yeah. than just theatre. That's why we do it, because we need to do it. Mm. It's a way of reflecting the world in a way that makes sense or helps us understand a bit better the way we are behaving. It's perfect therapy. <laughs> because you get to have a laugh as well, you know. How have you managed to um, juggle, you know, you're, you're, you're currently starring in The Boyfriend at, at, at the Chocolate Factory whilst putting this festival together and you're about to start rehearsals um, no. for, for the play. So how, yeah, how, how has that all worked out for you? A lot, a lot of people are helping, you know. Yeah. I've got so many... Um, and, and people have... Good friends have come to the table... Friends of friends have come to the table. It's amazing, actually, what can be done with so few people. We're, we're maybe t 10, 10, 12 people. It's been lovely to meet new people as well that, yeah. from different walks of life that I never thought I would know. Mm. And they've all got different ideas, and sometimes it's not what you're expecting. Uh, but it's all good, you know, it's all good. And we're trying to keep open-armed yeah. and open-minded throughout. What I really need is a few more people who don't give a shit and don't believe it. Yeah. I, I need to get a few more of those in because, we, you know, there's no point in... in um, well, I'll tell you something, that uh, when Mark Rylance, you know, didn't do the RSE because of BP, 
I thought that was a clever stunt and uh, probably necessary, but a bit of me felt hypocritical because I know that my light bulbs, although we are actually in this flat running on solar energy, to be honest, we are. We had them put up there years ago. However, anything else I'm doing, I'm probably, my car is running on, you know, petrol still. I'm, I haven't changed over yet. So BP often provide that petrol for me and they have been investing their money in a lot of theatre I've probably done over the years, I would guess, right? So I was thinking about, well, so what do we do? Do we go, BP can't come to the festival, and Shell can't come to the festival, and British Airways can't come to the festival? I, don't, I thought, no. So I went to BP. Actually, to be honest, in the niceties, somebody brought a friend who worked for BP, <coughs> and we were chatting away, and then I found out she worked for BP, and I got to like her very much throughout the conversation. And, I said, oh, God, you work for BP? She said, yeah, sorry. And I said, no, no, it's fine. I mean, but what do you think? She said, it's really hard. She said, I'm totally, you know, I cycle to work and I take my lunch in a box. And she said, I'm doing all those things, but I'm also working for BP. I said, would you come to the festival? She said, I'd love to. I'd love to. So then we had a meeting at BP. And the guy who I met said, you know, I mean, 88,000 employees don't all want to kill the planet, you know. Clearly, there's quite a lot of us who have children, we suck to work, we do all those things. So I said, could you come and just talk maybe with Friends of the Earth? Would you come and do that? Just let's talk it out together. And maybe there'll be Gabby Roslin or someone who said she'll help, you know, to come and chair it. And they said yes. So we've asked British Airways, they're going to come and do the same. And what I feel like is that thing of getting everybody around the table that Clinton did, you know, if we can create a place where it's a safe space for open discussion, mm. then everybody goes back a little bit more informed, hopefully, like some barriers and some chat can really continue, Yeah, maybe. I know that's what everybody wants because they told me when I've spoken to them, we, of course we want to try and make it better. However, we also know that they're building more runways. This is not what we want. Mm. So what's best to get them out of the conversation or get them into the conversation? My hunch is everyone talking together is better. That's my hunch. Mm. And I could, well, we'll see what happens. Let's see what happens. Um, this is always a bad time to ask. Um, uh... <laughs> a producer about the future because I know you're in the thick of preparations for the first festival but do you foresee this becoming uh, an annual event? Um, well some people have said so next year <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I think gosh you know bloody hell how, how we do that um, uh, yes I think we we might have to use this festival to plant the seed for something that keeps growing actually, actually that's more what I'd like to think that it doesn't stop on the 16th of May, that it starts a ball rolling that continues, that that maybe not even a year away, we could start stuff popping up in different theatres. I don't know. I'd like to think it, it becomes normal mm. to take, take plastic away. To be sustained, yeah. Plastic's a big, 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 big problem. Yeah. Because also it's the most useful thing, and, and how do you replace what is so 
incredibly useful. We have to find a way to look after that situation. And there are lots of ideas coming into the festival about plastic. I mean, you know, I don't want to um, sort of spend hours telling you who we've got and everything, but there is actually um, somebody who's, who's lived carbon and plastic free for 10 years coming, Susan Sayers. And there's a an Asian, Malaysian group coming, Chachu, I think they're called, and they recycle plastic into thread. So they make things from it. Of course, it doesn't ever biodegrade, so that's a, that's the other problem. But it's better than throwing it in the sea, you know. And uh, Natalie has her group, and, and I'm sure more will flower as we go on. So tell us um, the, the website to visit and the dates for the festival as well. www.londonclimatechangefestival.com It couldn't be easier. And it starts on the 23rd of March and it goes on for eight weeks until the 16th of May. It's Monday to Friday that we're really using the theatre. We can't use it as much on the Saturday because we have two shows, but we will still have possibly a warm-up and we will still have um, the ability to come in, sit, have a coffee, look at the, look at the walls, talk to people. You know, the, the energy of... Um, information, inspiration and hope will be there constantly for the eight weeks and hopefully onwards. Uh, so come on down everybody, it sounds, it sounds fantastic and uh, very best of luck with it, Jane. Thank you, I need it, thank you, we all do. And as promised, here is Janie D reciting a favourite of Titania's from A Midsummer Night's Dream. She's having a bit of a funny old time with Oberon and he's taken this young boy which she loves. It doesn't really say whether clearly it is her son, but it is, it's not. But it's sort of, we feel that she feels as if it's her son and her child. Her, she cares for this young person. And Oberon has taken him, and she says, to use as a henchman, in other words, a soldier, I think. And then she says to him in a really passionate, angry moment, these are the forgeries of jealousy, and never since the middle summer's spring met we on hill, in dale, forest or mead, by paved fountain or by rushy brook, or in the beached margin to the sea, to dance our ringlets to the whistling wind, but with thy brawls thou hast disturbed our sport, therefore the winds piping to us in vain, as in revenge have sucked up from the sea contagious fogs, which falling in the land hath every pelting river made so proud that they have overborne their continents. The ox hath therefore stretched his yoke in vain. The ploughman lost his sweat, and the green corn hath rotted ere his youth attained a beard. The fold stands empty in the drowned field, and crows are fatted with the Murrian flock. The nine men's morris is filled up with mud, and the quaint mazes and the wanton green, for lack of tread, are undistinguishable. The human mortals want their winter cheer. No night is now with him or carol blessed. Therefore the moon, the governess of floods, pale in her anger, 
washes all the air that rheumatic diseases do abound, and thorough this distemperature we see the seasons alter. Hoary-headed frosts fall in the lap of the crimson rose, and on old Hyam's thin and icy crown, an odorous chaplet of sweet summer buds is, as in mockery set, the spring, the summer, the childing autumn, angry winter, change their wonted liveries and the mazed world by their increase now knows not which is which. And this same progeny of evils comes from our debate, from our dissension. We are their parents and original. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Janie. How prophetic. The ever-brilliant Olivier Award winner Janie D talking to Theo Bosenquet. Now, before I go, just a few housekeeping bits. If you are a theatre professional, head on over to CurtainCallOnline.com and sign up for a free profile page. All you have to do is create an account with an email address, make up a cool password, and away you go. You can follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at CurtainCall, and you can follow me at John Schwab, J-O-H-N-S-C-H-W-A-B. We'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast. Just get in touch with us via any of the social media platforms I just mentioned or write to me personally at john at curtaincallonline.com. It just leaves me to say a huge thank you to Theo Bosenquet for helming this week's episode and to the brilliant Janie D for sitting down and talking to him all things climate change and theatre. Links to the London Climate Change Festival at the Charing Cross Theatre will be in the show notes. It runs from the 23rd of March to the 16th of May. Get there and support people. Thanks for listening to the Curtain Call Theatre Podcast, and I will catch you all next week. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.